Hey there, and welcome to the Agency Rockstars podcast. I'm Dana Lindahl, and I'm the founder of LegendaryLeadGen.com, where we help B2B companies become authorities in their industry, set more sales appointments, and convert those appointments into more sales. We also help other agencies sell our patent process on to their own clients. And we truly believe in the value of building and creating relationships, and in that being the main driver of new sales for agencies. So... Stick around to the end of the show. We're going to be revealing how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing agency podcasts on the planet. All right, let's get straight into it. All right, rock stars, welcome back to the show. Uh, Today, we get to welcome to the stage another rock star. We get to bring you a great story. He is the co-founder of a company, an agency called AMZ Advisors. His name is Michael Begg. Mike, welcome to the show, man. Dan, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here talking with you and uh, share my experience running an Amazon agency. Yeah, man, absolutely. So yeah, an Amazon agency. Who would have thought 15 years ago or maybe even 10 years ago, that would be like a niche that somebody could do. Uh, This is incredible. So Michael, tell me a little bit about uh, AMZ Advisors and how you got into the agency world, if you would. Sure. Uh, So you know, as an agency, what we do is we help manufacturers and brands that want to sell more on Amazon. And we do everything for them from, you know, on-platform SEO to content creation, uh, graphic content creation, like images, and then manage the strategy side for them. So how do we actually increase your sales? You know, what advertising uh, keywords do we need to be spending on the most? How do we get the best results? Um, That's in a nutshell, what we do for our clients. And actually myself and I have two other partners in the business and we all originally started as Amazon sellers ourselves. So we kind of went through the process of learning how to build our own brands on the platform and then took that knowledge and actually started helping other companies that you know weren't doing as well or that wanted to do better on the Amazon platform uh, in that way in a consulting or a marketing agency. Yeah. So when you say Amazon seller, I think of like, uh, you know, uh, somebody in there with their garage as like the, the packing place and like that. Is there a difference between that solopreneur Amazon seller and businesses as you talked about like manufacturers or other businesses? Is there a difference? Um, yeah, that's a good question, but I don't really think so. I think there are a lot of one person businesses that we've started with that we've turned into, you know, multi-million dollar businesses just through the Amazon platform. Hmm. And then they start to grow. I mean, it really depends on how much of an entrepreneur the person is, whether they're trying to actually build a brand and build a company around that, or whether they're just trying to throw some stuff up there and, and, you know, sell it to do, uh, just make a little money on the side. I mean, we work with the brand side where we're actually trying to build something, that's more than just, you know, throwing up a hundred random products and seeing what sells <laughs> and seeing what sells. Yeah. I've seen, I've heard of those too. Um, so how, so speaking of growth and scaling, you, you said you, you helped them grow to multi-million dollar companies. How did you and your co-founders scale and grow, uh, your agency? Yes, that's a, that's a very good question as well. Um, so originally, like I said, we started as Amazon sellers and actually before that we all had a uh, corporate job. So I was working in, uh, finance consulting. Uh, one partner was working in sales, another was working in project management. So, you know, we kind of got tired of that. And between the three of us, we had a lot of good strengths that played together that helped us build these brands and then kind of move into the agency space. So, you know, initially we were getting started. We were taking a lot of jobs that were traditionally freelance jobs off Upwork and platforms like that. Free up was another one that we were using. Mm. Uh, and then from there, we started gaining momentum. We started really focusing on putting out content to build our authority within the Amazon space 
And that just has a snowball effect over time. I mean, at this point, we're six years in, uh, you know, we're a multi-million dollar agency and we've worked with over 250 brands on the Amazon platform. Some of them are, you know, as large as Fortune 50 companies. So really wow. focusing on the, the marketing and building the authority in the space was really the way that we helped ourselves grow the most. I'm really curious too. This is off script, but I'm really curious. Uh, when I think of Amazon, you know, I, I think of them being their own company of selling their own stuff. But in all reality, it's a marketplace. How how do sellers navigate that kind of weird relationship between like Amazon sells their own Amazon's best, and then they sell your stuff? How does that work in the real world? Uh, it is definitely contentious <laughs> at some points. Yeah, you run in. There's a lot of questions around uh, around data usage, and you know, Amazon obviously controls all this data because they have the platforms. And there's a lot of questions around whether they're using other uh, third party seller sales data to develop their own product lines. Uh, honestly, the relationship between the third party marketplace uh, sellers and Amazon isn't that great. A lot of people are very frustrated with it. Uh, you know, Amazon's focus is providing the best customer experience. And it doesn't really pay as much attention to its vendors and its suppliers that are actually on the platform. So okay. um, I would say it's it's not the best relationship in the real world, but uh, you know it's something that people need to put up with because at the end of the day, Amazon is the largest brand discovery tool out there for you know a physical product. I mean, sixty nine percent of all online searches start on the Amazon platform. So if your product or brand isn't there, you know it, you're just really limiting how how much you can grow your brand over time. Yeah. And then are you finding brands that like seed that discoverability, let's say with a few products, but then also sell off on some other platform? Like, is that okay to do? Yes, you can. You can pretty much uh, sell whatever products you want on Amazon and sell other ones off the platform. I mean, we've taken a similar approach with some clients where we focused on, you know, one flagship product that was kind of going to be the lost leader try to attract them to the brand and then find ways to capture them off platform or onto another platform. Mm-hmm. It's not easy by any means, but it is possible. Um, but likewise, you can also say, Hey, I'm only going to sell these product lines on Amazon. I'm going to sell, sell these on Walmart or Shopify or wherever else you want to be. Mm-hmm. However, if you are selling the same products across platforms, one of the issues that a lot of sellers run into is that the pricing needs to be consistent. So, you know, if you have, uh, you know, prices, if Amazon is not the lowest price product uh, on all the other platforms, you know, they're going to, they're going to suppress your listing. They're not going to, you're not going to be able to find your product. You know, they can also create uh, map violations uh, if you have that within, if your client has that within their distribution network. So there are a lot of headaches when it comes to selling across platforms, but I mean, with e-commerce growing as fast as it is, there's not really much you can do. You kind of just have to deal with it. Yeah. Go with the flow and figure out where you can go. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, so share with me if you would, uh, a specific story highlighting how you guys help the clients you serve. And I want to hear a success story. Mike, I want to hear something amazing that you've been able to serve your clients with. <laughs> sure. So, um, I mean, there, there are a lot, I think the one I mentioned before, uh, the client that turned into a multi-million dollar business, I think that's a good example um, you know, this was a one person operation. She was building a brand, you know, she had, she was very well educated, uh, MBA graduate in, uh, inventory management. She knew what she was doing when it came to the actual inventory ordering and product sourcing and all of that. But what she struggled with was actually selling the product, you know, her growth over time. I think the year or two, the one or two years before she started with us, 
she had done about between twenty and thirty thousand dollars a month consistently every month. Which I mean, that's fine. A lot of businesses can run like that as a one-person operation. You can support yourself like that. But her ambition was to scale it into a full-size business. So, for example, what we did was we came into her business. We we looked at what was going on in each individual listing, kind of audited everything, found the biggest areas for improvement. And then we started focusing on scaling the advertising once you got to that, uh, your listing, it's called retail readiness. So once it's ready to be advertised. Uh, and then we focused on scaling the advertising. We actually took her over time from you know doing 30, I think by the end of year one, she was doing about 90,000 a month. And uh, at the end of uh, the last month, December, she did uh, $300,000 a month in sales. So, I mean, over time, that's over two years. She got from 30 to 300. So 10X in two years isn't that bad Yeah, for a no one-person operation too. Yeah. So And so that's revenue, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, if, if I'm making 30,000 a month on revenue, mm-hmm. what does that translate to, to a lifestyle? Like, is, am I, am I only, I'm only making a thousand a month then? Cause I have all these expenses or how does that look for a lot of Amazon sellers? It, it really depends. Uh, it comes down a lot to the margins you're using, whether you're, uh, the margins you have, whether you're using Amazon FBA, all of that is going to affect your bottom line. Uh, typically we find that most clients that are selling on the Amazon platform end up between about 20 uh, I'm sorry, about 10 and 25% uh, margin. So, I mean, you know, you're doing 30,000, 10% margin, you know, 3,000, not that crazy. Yeah. Um, but 300,000, now you're making $30,000 a month at that 10% margin. Uh, and, you know, this is just within the Amazon platform. As you're continuing to grow, you're getting to that volume, you're building that brand awareness within Amazon, but also off the platform. And you're, you know, you're driving more websites, uh, sales through your website. There's a lot of opportunities to, for growth if you start focusing on, the platform that everybody's already on. Yeah. So let's say I'm an agency rock star right now and I'm listening to the show and I'm thinking, okay, I run my agency, I'm doing well, but I kind of want that side gig of making some money. Yeah. What does that look like to get started in the Amazon sellers world? If I'm thinking maybe that one person shop is okay to start, maybe I'll grow it. Maybe I'll just, I'll learn something, but like, how do you, how do you even start to sell stuff? What, what kind of stuff do I sell? What do I start? Well, I think uh, if we're coming from the agency background, I think a lot of people that have experience in digital marketing can actually succeed at this a lot if they're going to sell their own products on Amazon. Um, a lot of the concepts from you know, content marketing or even uh, SEM, all of that's going to kind of apply in a way to Amazon. I mean, the Google AdWords platform uh, keyword targeting wise is very similar to Amazon, although there are a lot of differences between the ad placements and things like that. Um, but the initial process is really to find a product and that's where you kind of got to dive in, do some research into different categories. There's a variety of tools, uh, you know, companies like ours can also help them do the research and identify which products show the most potential for what they're trying to, to achieve. Mm. Uh, from there, the next step is obviously sourcing the product, which I mean, commonly it's everything sourced in, uh, not everything, but a lot of things are sourced in China and Asia. So a lot of products are coming from there. So actually buying the product from a supplier or manufacturer there, uh, putting your own brand on it, if you're going to build a brand and then actually listing it on Amazon and then kind of using your marketing expertise and knowledge, uh, both without both, you know, off the platform and then what you're learning on the platform to really help it grow. Yeah. That's man. That's a lot of work. I think I'll just skip that. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> that's, that's why, that's why I have a job. <laughs> right. That's right. why my company exists. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds really interesting and it sounds like, you know, for those who are entrepreneurial anyway, and who like to explore and test new things like that could be a new way. So that's really cool, Mike. Um, 
what are some of the biggest pain points that you see in your ideal clients industry and what they're doing today? Huh. The sorry, can you can you clarify that a little bit more? Yeah. Like like what if you know for, for your clients, what pain points are they seeing when it comes to running their business and growing and scaling? I think the biggest challenges they run into is, and I think this is true with any physical product, is obviously if you're achieving a lot of growth, it's hard to maintain the cash flow to keep up with that. And a lot of, there's a lot of instances where you need to look into inventory financing or other options to be able to finance that growth over time. I'd say that's one big pain point that, uh, that they run into. Another big pain point is fulfillment. So obviously getting your product to the end customer is extremely important. And now Amazon almost has a monopoly on the fastest fulfillment that there is available. So if you're kind of not using Amazon's FBA program, it's obviously not as appealing to get a product even in two days now compared to one day, which is crazy thought to have. But you know, if your product gets there in you know a week, two weeks, whatever it is, that's actually going to decrease your conversion rates a lot. So being able to fulfill products quickly is another big pain point that a lot of sellers run into and brands, to be honest. Yeah. And, and how, how big of a, of a, of a pain point is, um, in, in addition to the speed, yeah. what about like the customization, the special touch, you know, you hear about customer service. We have our, our, our customer expectations nowadays are astronomical so yes. often. Is, is speed more important than that personal touch, whether it's like four days versus one day? I think with the Amazon platform, brand loyalty is something that doesn't matter as much. So I think that entire, not that entire, but a lot of aspects of, you know, being, having good communication, have a good customer experience uh, exists to a certain point within the product listing. I mean, making things look good, you know, responding quickly when you can, but that's not going to build, you know, customer loyalty over time. A, A lot of people are just going to Amazon to find the best deal. Um, you know, you can go to other websites, find you know, whatever that specific brand you want is. But if you're looking for, I don't know, um, robotic vacuums, let's say, for example, uh, you know, you'll find the, the main ones up there that are Roomba. But now there's all these other, other brands that are out there that are probably at a lower price point. You can do the same thing. And yeah, maybe it doesn't have that brand recognition. Maybe it doesn't have that same, uh, you know, that same connotation when you think of the brand name. But it does the same thing at a lower cost. And a, a lot more people, I think, are uh, budget conscious now. So mm-hmm. I, I really don't think that is as important on the Amazon marketplace. I mean, I think fast delivery is extremely important. And price point is another big selling point for sellers yeah. or for customers. <clears throat> so it's knowing your buyer persona and, and your ideal client. Exactly. Yeah. What are they looking for? Yeah. And let's be honest, those same robot vacuums were built by the same people. So whatever. <laughs> I know. That's the I funny thing. I, I mean... Everything you see on Amazon, a lot of them are just from the same factories, a new brand, and, and people succeed that way. It's yeah. really about how good you are at actually marketing and selling the product that is going to determine how successful you'll be on the platform. And speaking of how good you are at marketing, what are some of the, the the trends in marketing, marketplace marketing? Like, What's one of the biggest trends that we're going to look for in 2021? Uh, Well, within the Amazon platform, I think we'll continue to see new advertising types coming out uh, and new targeting capabilities. I mean, sponsored display uh, is one thing that's just really starting to gain traction on the seller central side. So that's the third party marketplace. And, you know, the the actual targeting capabilities you have are extremely limited. I mean, you can target people that have pretty much viewed your page and that's or viewed pages similar to yours. 
and that's about it. I mean, the opportunities within, uh, you know, demographic retargeting, uh, previous seller retargeting or, uh, you know, previous customer retargeting. There's a lot of things that I think are going to be coming in 2021. that are going to help brands continue to build more. And I think we're also going to see a lot more brands start to adapt the Amazon DSP platform within their strategy. So if we're thinking about DSP, you know, we have the ability to essentially send traffic wherever we want, whether it's on Amazon or whether it's off Amazon. So if you think of it from a broader sales funnel perspective within the e-commerce space, if you're using Amazon to bring in all these new people to your brand, and then you're using DSP to retarget these people and send them to your website, now, now you actually have a process to capture all these leads that are coming through Amazon, turn them into customers off platform, and then have the ability to retarget, remarket to them, and you know build your business uh, to a much larger size over time. And bring power back to yourself. And so for those listening who don't recognize, what does DSP stand for? Uh, demand side programming, I believe is what it stands for. Uh, I'm so used to calling it DSP, but it's essentially display placements on the Amazon platform and on Amazon's owned and operated platforms, as well as other third-party display networks. Cool. Um, so I've got one more question to get to here in just a minute, but I want to make sure that those listening that find that you are a rock star, they want to follow, where can they connect with, with Michael Begg <laughs> and with AMZ Advisors? Uh, I think the best way to connect with me is obviously on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm not that active on there, but I do share a lot of knowledge. I try to put out as much value as I can to help other brands and you know other sellers be successful on the Amazon platform. Apart from that, you can always also contact us at our website, amzadvisors.com or email, email me directly at mike at amzadvisors.com. And I'm also glad to answer any questions you have or you know see if there's any way that I can help you. Yeah, fantastic. All right, so here's here's the setup for you. Uh, we are agency rock stars. I think of rock stars as counterculture. Um, so this comes along those sides. If there's anything, is there anything that you've heard over the years or advice that you've given <clears throat> that seems counterintuitive, but has had a massive impact once you've put it in place? I think, I think so. I think there's something that I can kind of speak to that we do with our clients. And obviously like Again, I keep reiterating this, but it's because it's so important. Amazon is for brand discovery. It's for brand awareness. Don't expect to make money on the Amazon platform. If you're building your business and think, oh, I'm just going to take all my profit from Amazon, you're not going to grow over time. There's going to be a lot of failures. What we recommend, especially on the advertising side, is at least starting at break even on your advertising sales and then you know, scaling from there. If you can make money. If you can bring in more organic sales by advertising more on the platform, getting that brand awareness more, getting more uh, repeat customers, all that's going to help over time. So actually investing more, you know, losing a little money in the beginning, it's just that J curve that's eventually going to get you to what you want for your results. Yeah. Don't, you're not going to make money on Amazon. That sounds really counterintuitive. <laughs> yes. At least at first. Um, awesome. Michael Beg, AMZ Advisors. Mike, thanks so much for being a part of Agency Rockstars. Dan, thank you for having me here. I hope I was able to provide a lot of value to your listeners. And again, if anyone has questions about the Amazon platform, is looking for help or ways to you know, partner and get your clients results on the Amazon platform, I'm glad to talk anytime. Fantastic. Thanks for listening to the Agency Rockstars podcast. If you're an agency owner who would like to appear in this podcast, please visit legendaryleadgen.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you found this episode valuable, I would really appreciate you sharing it on social media. Even just a quick screenshot of the episode showing on your phone shared to social media would be great. If you truly enjoyed the episode, we'd also really love a rating in your favorite podcast player. 
please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dana Lindahl, and if you want to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also find more information about everything we're currently doing at legendaryleadgen.com. Thanks for listening, and hope to hear from you soon. Thank you.